Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. We'll play hard for a little bit, then we'll make a few mistakes or someone will make a shot on us and then we'll turn it over and then, you know, things kind of have snowballed on us and that's why we've been down big in all these games so um yeah you know we gotta we gotta be better we gotta play harder and, and for longer and more consistently like too many too many guys i think are out there just a little bit worried about um you know what's going on for them that night wow mm, magic words uh this is what you get target center for booing tom thibodeau last night okay did you see Tom Thibodeau got he got booed. There wasn't that many fans there for for tip off, but uh, he was laughing. He, he was la- laughing. He was laughing at the he kind of maniacally. <laughs> he was like the Elmo gif with the fire in the background. Yes. And Sixteen people booed. <laughs> Great facial hair though. He's looking yeah. He's looking, looking younger. Better. He's he used to look in like better a, shape now. He used to look like Dane DeVito's penguin Batman for a long yeah. time. And I'm glad you know what really helps him the 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 COVID. <laughs> pandemic time uh discarding of suits for coaches yeah he, he wasn't looks, a, wasn't a suit guy he's, he's more a of a track suit guy he's a sweatsuits guy yeah, yeah. yep track yep. suit yep 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 so well there's a <laughs> million a million different directions we could go here uh, i i got one for you though if you want now on Mackie and Judd. This chart makes it as clear as I can to you. Wow. The pie chart of blame. You want to wow. blame somebody the rock knows how you feel about pie. You want to do a pie chart? I got one for you. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Pie chart of blame for this isn't just for last night, in which I think they were down by 28 or 29 at one point in the first half. 27. 27. Yeah, they only trailed by 27. Don't worry about it. Okay. They they tried to make a run. They cut it to like 12 at one point late, but it was just one of the most dead-ass performances of the season so far. You know, their, their record's not a total train wreck. They're five and six, but the product just looks dead. So I have six slices of pie here for the Timberwolves' just blasé start to the season. Okay. All right, I'm going to go a little out of order here. I'm going to start with I'm going to start with a 20 percent chunk of pie, and if you guys you know disagree, agree, chime in here. Um, I'm maybe putting too much blame on certain guys, but this is how I feel about the start of the season. We're going to go 20% to just a general lack of chemistry. So I'm going to get this out of the way first. That as bad as it looks, they're working on putting two centers together. And then one of them has been out the last couple of games. And so there's just, 
there is a certain number of games that needs to be played. Last year, this team started like four and nine, and then they figured it out. And the team from 18 years ago started, you know, nine and eight or something, and then they went on a run. So the general lack of chemistry is just a thing that needs to play out over time. So let's put that off to the side, though. That's 20%. Okay. All right. Let's go uh, 10% to Chris Finch. Mm-hmm. He seems very exasperated. He seems like he doesn't sleep much at night. He just seems kind of strung out. Um, it'd be really interesting to sort of be a fly on the wall at practice and just see like how many of his words and tactics are landing with this team because we keep talking about lack of effort and just like sloppy turnovers, things that are just really unacceptable if you're a professional basketball player. Why? If the coach is telling us the team isn't trying hard enough, which is basically what he's saying. And selfish. And they're selfish. Yeah, he's saying guys are worried about their own stats. Some of it is on the players, obviously, to just be better professionals and be less selfish. But ultimately, Chris Finch is the chef here. I am not putting Chris Finch on a hot seat. I just want to make that clear. I'll let Judd do that if he wants to on this episode. I think he's a good tactical coach. He has connected well with the team for the last couple years, but... You know, the front office, Tim Connolly and company said, here are the ingredients. And by the way, I think they checked with the chef and said, how would you feel if we got you these ingredients? Would you want this large seven-foot ingredient? And Chris Finch, after studying some tape and thinking, probably said, yes. I don't think it would have been, hey, chef, do you want this seven-foot ingredient to add to your other seven-foot ingredient? And he says, oh, I don't know. And they shoved it on him. I don't I don't think that's how it played out. Mm-hmm. So he was in on it. Ultimately, it's his job to cook and get everyone to play hard and buy in and be less selfish. And through 11 games, 13% of the season, uh, they're doing the opposite. So I got to give 10% to a guy that I like, Chris Finch. He had some strong words, as we just heard, and he continued on after last night's game. What's weird is he he had some strong words, but he was either doing his best to remain as calm as possible, or, or he just was. What sort of frightens me is I think he knows the problem, and that's almost scarier. Uh, he's not talking like, like he's like, well, we have to do this and do that. But, I mean, when you're talking about guys trying to get their own, that usually screams of a chemistry change that's necessary. Not a, I can make this work. So as you continue down this path, like we are talking, yeah. and, and I know it's 11 games, we are talking about a real problem here. The question is, can you solve it? Well, let's get to one of the guys that I think spends time trying to get his own. Anthony Edwards gets 10% of the pie chart here. Okay. And I love Anthony Edwards. I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to like write him off or anything or, or cap his upside here. He actually is putting up overall uh, very good offensive numbers. I think there's definitely more there, but 10% to his just overall lack of consistency and whatever else is going on with him. There's just there's a weird vibe from him in the first 11 games. Yes. We are 11 games in, too. If you just want to look at like the box score, he's already had out of 11 games four atrocious shooting performances of 5 for 14 last night. A four for seventeen on opening night. He had a three for fifteen against the Spurs, and then another game against the Spurs in which he didn't score in the first half. So that's like forty percent of the game so far in which he's just he's just kind of shipwrecked the offense with bad shooting performances. And then I think he gets in the mode of like last night. It felt to me watching like, all right, I haven't scored yet. We're five minutes into the second quarter or whatever. 
I'm just going to start taking pull up three pointers with a defender nearby. Yeah. I just I know that he can make pull up threes sometimes, but there should almost be a rule. Anthony, don't take pull up threes ever. Maybe there's like a heat check one or two here or there, but I want his threes to come within the context of the ball moving and it being open. And it drives me nuts when he just goes into, well, I haven't scored yet mode, so I'm going to I'm gonna chuck a three here or go one-on-one. It's like, come on, man. So last night it was, and this, this drives me nuts, it was as if he was shooting because he thought he should shoot, but there were times in, in the first half where he swung the ball to D'Lo, and it's like, no, dude, you're open. Take the shot. That's why you're here. Yeah. Um, in talking to the people that cover the team last night, because I thought, like, his box score last night to me, Phil, was empty as it could be. Like, it's it's a cousin's fourth quarter. Look what I did, comeback box score. Um, he was a no-show as far as I, I was concerned last night. And to your point, you know, now in, in 11 games, that's about four games. The words that were used to me by a couple of the beat guys were, because I said, what's going on here? Like, this is there's something weird here. And they said, yeah, you know what? We just didn't feel like showing up tonight. And, like, we're starting to see those games. I, I would actually give him more than 10% because I expect more. And and my expectations for him are very high. Uh, what I saw last night, and you're right, it wasn't just last night, is inexcusable. Get your head in the game. It's not that much to ask. And he's making these dumb passes, too, in transition. He'll try and throw a bounce pass. Yep. By- between someone's legs? I don't even know. It's like, dude, there's a defender between you and the guy you're trying to pass to, and you're literally just throwing it two or three times right to the defender. So he also, I think, on the first or second offensive possession, just dribbled the ball off his foot. Yeah, <laughs> so, he didn't show up. It's like, dude, as as Austin Rivers said last night, it's time to effing lock in. And he said, it's not time to panic yet, but it is time to effing lock in. Mm-hmm. All right? 10%. I'm kind of jumping around here a little bit, but 10% goes to the team's complete inability to just make shots. So the Timberwolves are 26th in three-point make percentage so far this year. I do think that's going to come around. I mean, they do have some good shooters on this team that just historically, but they just aren't making shots right now at the level that they're used to. But last night, the Knicks hit 10 three-pointers in the first quarter, and the Wolves built a brick house for two and a half hours. So some of this is a math game that they're just losing. I mean, they were they were a much better three-point shooting team last year. And if they're going to rank 26th in three-point make percent, they're shooting 32% from three, you're going to lose games. It's a it's a it's a math problem. And sometimes the if the math writes itself, it kind of buries some of the other stuff and it makes some of the other stuff less glaring if Anthony Edwards is turning the ball over a couple times, but you hit four extra three-pointers and you're in a game. So just they just they were eleven games in. They can't make a three. Your starters last night, three point shots, seven for twenty three. Nobody made more than one, other than D'Lo, who was four of ten. And Ant was one of seven from three. We'll get to D'Lo in a second here. Not oh. surprisingly, he is part of the pie chart. <laughs> I have a feeling he's getting a huge slice, but that's just me. Let's get to uh, the final two slices here. Starting with... The Rock knows how you feel about pie. 20% to Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. And I know some people are going to, whoa, whoa, what do you mean? Look at his numbers. Like last night, he was, what, 6 of 9? He dropped 20. He had a really highly efficient night offensively. You know, he's he's averaging like uh, definitely a career high in assists. I think he's averaging like 5.5 assists per game. 
He grabbed some rebounds last night. And so, yes, Cat puts up a great box score, especially on offense. But I continue to just, and even, so I was at the game. You were sitting media row. I was just sitting in some seats with friends nearby. And uh, it's just interesting when you're kind of, when you can sit kind of close to the action and you can just pick up on vibes. Oh, God. Yeah. And you can see it on TV, too. There's just something about Cat's personality and energy that sucks the life out of the team. Not all the time. I'm not saying they hate him or that he's like a bad human or anything, but there's just, there's a whiny, soft tone that he sets culturally for this team. He brings losing energy. I'll go as far as to say that. He brings this like losing, palms up, you know, shoulder shrugged, kind of over-exaggerating, flailing. It's just, it's, it's, I see what Jimmy Butler was talking about. He's the big pout. He's the big pout. As yeah. soon as things go wrong, he pouts. It's it's just a it's I mean, a, it's a, question it's about a it. weird beta energy that he gives off. And it and because he's been the longest tenured player and he makes a lot of money and he's yep. a veteran at this point, it's just you know, it's it's he's not like bumped from the pecking order. And I know that we just ripped Anthony Edwards here, but here here's a quote that Ant Edwards said after the game last night. I feel like we try to bring energy. We just play soft, man. Like every bump, we're flying all over the place. Including me, he said. He and, did say, and including right. myself. And he's right about that. And he says, team's just coming in like, we're going to take their heart, and that's what's going on. But when he, And I'm glad that he said, including myself. He does, he does look in the mirror a little bit. He doesn't correct the things very quickly that he... But he's at least self-aware enough to say, yeah, I mean, I need to be better here. But when he says, we just play soft, man, like every bump, we're flying all over the place. Who is he talking about? Yeah, he's talking about Cat. He's not talking about Austin Rivers. Nope. He's not talking about Gobert. He's not talking about, I don't think he's talking about Jaden McDaniels. Yep. There's only one guy that fits that description. I mean, there's a couple other guys, too, that, that tend to do it. But there's one guy that's like the George Washington on the Mount Rushmore of, to, to, to go back to the quote, playing soft and flying all over the place on every bump. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to the last slice of pie here. This is... 30%. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. To D'Angelo Russell. So, before the season, and even I kind of bought in as a guy that I've never really been a huge D'Lo guy. Just kind of think he's an inefficient. He's not even, he's like a, a very unathletic player, too. He's not a guy, he doesn't play above the rim or anything. He's just kind of, kind of a, has the old man game. He is not a winning player. Well, and you kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt this year saying, all right, all right, right. your track record kind of is what it is, but it's a contract year. You got two great pick and roll centers here for different reasons. One, one's kind of a lob machine, and the other one can be a pick and pop guy. He's one of the great three point shooters in the league. So, wow, look at the canvas you have to paint with here with these two uh, giant seven footers with different skill sets. And you got this dynamic wing player entering his third season, and Anthony Edwards you can kind of play off of. So, let's let D'Lo in a contract year paint the canvas and see what he can do, right? Through 11 games. Career lows in scoring, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, and free throw percentage. His assists are way down this year. So it's like, here it is, man. This is all, all the inspiration you need. You got some great pieces to work with. And he's just not good. He's never been great. And now he's playing at kind of the bottom of his capabilities in the first 11 games. I do think he's going to go get hot at some point. Like, he'll drop 30 in a game. That's not The question isn't what he can do at his peak. The question is... Can he be consistently good and productive over the course of 82 games? 
and he's been atrocious through 11. They were like, coaches were like consoling him. I almost felt kind of bad because he feels bad. He kind of senses it. But that's another guy that just, okay, I got to go get mine now. Time for me to go shoot. And he did hit four out of 10 threes last night, but ultimately he went four of 12 from the field overall Mm -hmm. and uh, has just been awful. So 30% to D'Lo, 20% Towns, 10% can't make a shot, 10% Ant Edwards, 10% Chris Finch as the chef, and a 20% just sort of, ah, let's be a little patient. There's a lack of chemistry here that just needs to be figured out. knows how so, you feel about pie. Oh, what do you guys think? I think the lack of chemistry problem, though, is on and off the court, and I don't know that it can be fixed without changes now. Um, because the Gobert thing, yes, that is going to be, like, that. that's going to take time. Uh, one is, and this is where I think Finch needs to accept responsibility and really start to start to search for and find answers. And this goes back to the game that I went to, I think it was a, a few weeks back when they lost the first of back-to-back at Target Center against the Spurs. Um, you can tell, Phil, and you saw it last night again, too. There are guys, and they're professionals, so it's on them, too, who don't know what they're supposed to do. Um Basketball box scores tend to lie, I think, as much or more than most box scores. Absolutely. And Carl Anthony Towns had seven assists last night. And like you said, his stats are pretty good, and it's a very Cousins fourth quarter thing again. But if you watched that that game, which we both did, what did we see? We saw Cat throw at least two, if not three passes that were easy baskets out of bounds. There was one towards the end of the first half where I forget who he was passing the ball to, but it was underneath. He never even made eye contact. He threw the ball like he thought he was magic. Dude, they make they make some of the most lazy, dumb passes right. of any team in the NBA. Cat had a few last night. D'Lo does these like little sometimes these little like pocket passes or like drop behind the back bounce passes to nobody <laughs> to opposing there was there was one early in the game. Again, it was like one of the first three possessions. And they're coming down and D'Lo is D'Lo's kind of top of the key but shaded to the right and it was probably, I think, Jaden McDaniels, because it was the starting lineup, was out in the in the left corner, wide open for three, and he just sails a pass into the secondary media row. You know, it's like, it's dude, you're this is the third possession of the game, and you're just whizzing a ball five feet over a six foot nine player's head, right? And then he does the my bad, and they and they're always like reassuring each other after bad things happen. Like, we got it, we got it. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> well, at some point, eleven games in, stop. It would be one thing if it was just if it was like a tactical strategic problem, which it might be once you get the two centers back on the court. But they're making so many dumb plays and they're just getting thrown off their game mentally. We can't even like we have to dig through all of that crap before we can get to does this tactically work? Right. That's exactly like like the chemistry, the the underlying you need to work on things because it's going to take time. We're not even there. We're talking about. Guys, I mean, from from Cat to D'Lo to Ant, who looked to me last night half the time like he didn't care, half the time like he's lost. We're talking about three of your, or no, not three of, your three primary guys don't look like they know what their role is. D'Lo, to me, does know. He just doesn't care. Uh, Cat is such a beta that I think if anything goes wrong, he really doesn't know how to react to it. And Ant... I have no clue about, but the thing with Ant really bugs me because I need to see far more. And and look, dude, we've been talking about you eventually being the face of this team. When Ant's going well, it's great. He's a great presence. Um, so these disappearing acts, I don't have time I for this crap. I don't either. 
But I think I want to caution against something too. He is in his third year. He's 21 years old. And because other things around him are sort of crumbling and, and Cat isn't the guy that can, Cat is not Kevin Garnett. He's not going to come in here and just like, hey guys, it's almost to a fault sometimes. This is my bleeping team. We are not losing tonight. We are playing lockdown defense and I'm going to scare the living bejesus out of every opponent that comes in the paint. Like that was Kevin Garnett for 12 years here. He's not that. So Cat's not that guy. D'Lo is also kind of a beta. Again, I'm not saying that his teammates hate him or anything, but he's like no one is here to just kind of grab the team by the scruff. And so because those things are absent, we're looking at Ant probably two or three years earlier than he's ready for at age 21. Say, all right, well, dude, someone's got to do it. Why can't you do it? And he can't do it because he's 21. But he can't disappear. I agree. And he disappeared last night. I agree. And, and on, we're, on, we're trying to expedite a well, process because other things around him are not doing what they need to do as well. On the bonus scoop, Doogie said today flat out that the one guy who's trying to lead is Torian Prince. Yeah, Torian Prince. And again, God bless him for that. Last night, there was a moment. But the, the Wolves were running an offensive possession, and I don't know what they were. I don't know what they were trying to run or whatever. But they got into a set once they crossed half court, and Torian Prince like. Went to throw a pass, but stopped and then like threw it back to the top of the key. And I, he either looked over at like Edwards or somebody else across the way, and he rolled his eyes in the middle of the possession because someone, someone either didn't know where they were supposed to go or didn't cut. And these stories that we've heard about Torian Prince leading film sessions behind the scenes at Wolves practice, like he's the guy that gets up and will call out teammates behind the scenes. And it was I, I, putting that together with that possession. It was like this veteran sage player looking over at whoever he was trying to pass to, mean like, what are you doing? Right. His eyes just said, what are you doing? And then there was a turnover like five seconds later, and now he's like back on defense, and here we go, and they knocked on a three. So, you know, but again, last year they started four and nine. Um, yeah, but this... And they, but, they, they did turn it around? They did, but let's be clear here. This feels, to to your point about the feeling with that team last night, this doesn't feel like just a bad start. It feels off. And I don't think that that's us trying to like pick up on something that's not there. Um, I think that your point from last week might be right. I think the D-Lo might have to go. That's a, we should, we should do more of that on uh, reckless speculation Thursday of this week. Maybe this is the, maybe this is the week where I bring you guys some, some trade ideas, but okay. part of the problem is, he he is not a coveted valuable player. So the value in a trade is his contract expiring. It's a thirty one million dollar expiring. And so just to over explain this for people that don't follow, you know, NBA cap economics, if a team is up against the cap and they and, and they don't have contracts coming off the books this summer to clear space they would look at Delo's contract as a valuable commodity because they could trade you. So Kyle Tige brought this up on Flagrant Halls yesterday, for instance. So Terry Rozier, uh, who's, you know, I don't know that he's solving any major praise. He can score a little bit, but he's a high-volume, high-usage player. But he's on a multi-year lucrative contract. I think it's like a 20-some million-dollar-year contract. I'd have to go look. But he brought up if if they don't want to pay him for the next three or four years, if that's deemed a bad contract and they want to clear up some cap space for the summer, you would trade Delos $31 million expiring, take back the Rozier contract, and then something else to make it work salary-wise. 
and then they would get salary cap relief with D'Lo coming out of the books. You might ask, well, why wouldn't the Timberwolves just ride it out with D'Lo's contract and, you know, and his contract comes out of the books? Because the Wolves, even without his contract, are basically pressed up against the cap. So letting D'Lo, with, with Gobert's contract on the books now, letting D'Lo walk this summer doesn't free up $30 million to go spend on another free agent. It just brings you further away from the luxury tax. So I do think they should look to trade him before the trade deadline, yeah. almost regardless, just to maybe get something of value. But it all depends on what bad contract from somebody else, what bad multi-year contract would you have to take back from another team? And would that piece hinder you from doing what you're trying to do? Or would it help you in some way? I just don't think the current collection as is is going to get you even close to where you want to go. Because I think we're seeing problems that go way beyond a slump. You might be right. There's some things with... Which I hate to tell you because... Towns and D'Lo... Here's another thing. Last night, you're playing a mediocre team at home. And yes, Gobert is out. But if Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell are the players that they're sort of portrayed to be, right? These are star players that... You know, D'Lo has this cavalcade of fans that just go around defending him on YouTube comment sections and the internet. If D'Lo was the player that you all said he was, D'Lo Crusaders... D'Lo defenders. And if Cat is the player and the leader that you all think that he is, why are the Wolves down by 27 points in the first half at home against a mediocre Knicks team? Mm-hmm. Because they work their asses off. I mean, that's why. Yeah. And because D'Lo and Cat are sort of fraudulent in, in yeah. terms of like the money that they make and the numbers that they can put up and stuff. It's not, it's, 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 it's very hollow. And that's why like Rudy, Go- Rudy Gobert is the opposite of hollow. He is exactly what he's advertised to do. He blocks shots, he grabs rebounds, he stifles possessions, and he puts up 15 points on seven shots. Like, you know what you're getting with Gobert. That's why there almost has to be a changing of the guard at some point here where, but from a leadership standpoint, Gobert's not that guy. And Ant's not ready to be that guy. So they're kind of stuck in this mode of, all right, well, D'Lo and Towns are more of the vocal leaders, but they're not. They're kind of, kind of fraudulent in that way. But Gobert's more of a quiet lead with actions and Ant's not ready. Yeah. And so that's why Torian Prince and Austin Rivers are effect- effectively the leaders of this team. My last thought on Ant is this and this is what concerns me though is he might not be set to be th- that guy yet, but I do not want him in a culture where it's acceptable to not be that guy ever, which is what Cat and Delo portray. Yeah. No, that's the that, You got to show up. I agree. It's Come on. It's, it's the Knicks. You're playing the bleeping Knicks. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Thibodeau must have had a nice giant ribeye last night. maybe? Big glass of whatever the hell he drinks. Probably red wine. A lot of wine. Yep. Looking good. You're right. It's looking very good. Well, this Timberwolves therapy session presented by our friends at Federated, who are long-term partners with the Timberwolves, so hopefully they can provide a guiding hand for these choppy waters that the Wolves are going through right now. I don't know what the fix is, but they would know better than we would at Federated. They have 100-plus years of experience helping businesses through risk management tools and resources, you can find them online at federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd. You like that on three, one, two, three. You like that? Oh, there it is. It's the, the third one. The third version. And his voice didn't crack as much in that one as it did the Saints one. It cracked, but it didn't crack as much. Yeah, this is the original. You like that? You like that? Okay. Now let's hear the... Oh, here's the, and here's the second one. This is after the Saints win. Yeah. 
points, man. You gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? Yep. Got oh, way up. And then here's the new one from Sun. Like Oh, inject A little it. bit different inflection, too. <laughs> inject it. Uh, well, we've got him in here. Randy Vikes 69. Randy in Cottage Grove. He is the most passionate Vikings fan we know. Uh, a student of studying the All-22 film, and he has correctly nailed multiple Vikings draft picks with his mock draft work over the years. Randy, how are you feeling, man? That The, the thing you just played makes me snook. Oh, yeah. Should. It, I, 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 there's three ways you can go with it now, and something tells me by the end of the year it's going to be a few more. I mean, so far, so you know, every week we either do the stud stable or the dud stable. Are you okay over there? Yeah, it's just it's. I, I have a new phone, and it talks to me sometimes. That they call it Siri. Yeah. Oh, Siri. Okay. Every now and again, it just says, "Say, Randy, where you know you're looking for looking for directions to barbecue." I say, "No, I know where it is." Randy, you look at you looking to party. Randy, you need to go home. Randy, There's you have three had places too many. I go. There's about three places I go, and I don't need directions to any. I know how to get home from them in a lot of conditions. That's good. Of oh conditions. boy! Well, we didn't need to know that, Randy. Be safe. <laughs> you didn't need to volunteer it's that straight, up. It, it's just a straight shot, is what I'll say. Is the stud? You just take. Just go. It's a right turn, and then a right turn, and then a left turn. You know, we should do a stud stable of your favorite conditions. Well. I think you understand the kind of where it where it starts and ends for old Randy. We, we like to have a good time. We, <laughs> yeah, we, with we shots. Expect, well, this this is a frust, this was a frustrating game for a while because the, t- the touchdown shots were not flowing. We thought they were early on. We 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 got all, all snug because we're one minute into this thing. We've already had a a, 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 a purple uh, a grape ape, and and then for oh, yeah. for sacks they do of course they do the jello shots, and and we didn't get a whole lot of grape apes on Sunday, and I, you know, but we got the W, and that's the that's the one that tastes the best. Randy, yes. I might have asked you this before: when you do the grape apes, are you doing the races with the two straws in the grape ape with your buddies? Because that's what we do when we do the grape apes, and whoever finish whoever finishes Declan, last has to apes? pick up the tab. Yeah, I still do grape apes. Of course, <laughs> I still do grape apes. Sure. Yeah, they can do it that way. You know, so sometimes uh, some of the bartenders like to just do dealer's choice. So if you're in the mood for oh, some yag, they'll, they'll, they'll make you give you yag, and it's nice oh. and cold. A little dealer's no choice, man. choice that's, man. That's, that's what we're going to do with Judd. When we yeah. No, no yag for me. Yeah. I'm not doing <laughs> any yag. Choice. I haven't done yag since 1992. <laughs> you got to oh, try uh, Rumpel Mints is nice, Rump's too. good. It's uh, refreshing. Yeah, Rumpel's good. It does, yeah. If you forget to brush your teeth in the morning, you know too, a little Rumpel Mints. Just give me Surly, okay? I can't do shots anymore. I'm too old. It's going to be a good. Uh, we're going to we're, we're uh, right now. I see no reason why we shouldn't win. You know, fourteen, fifteen games. Oh, wow! I think you and Judd are on this. Judd has him at eleven and one, and yep. then see what happens against the Jets. I guess once we get there after the next four. Yeah, this is a, it's a, it was a, it was a methodical kind of a you know never in doubt a sort of a, a W Sunday, and they they just took over when when they needed to and put the gas down and. And once again, it's a, it's a stable full of full of big stallions, full of full of big Clydesdales. Yeah, I'm not sure I would classify it as a never in doubt game, but we don't have uh, you know we don't have to argue about that. Let's get if to the stable. If it wasn't for that ref, if it wasn't oh, for that yeah. ref, that that, bo- that bozo, he, bozo. He, he he didn't just get in the way; he he sabotaged that play. And uh, we Pack <laughs> fan. good thing, good thing we got the W because we we had a strongly worded letter ready to go, ready to go to the league, yeah. and, and and it was it was going to raise a few eyebrows if we had to send it. You're gonna mail it with a stamp. Yeah, to 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 Roger Goddle. 
we'll send it to him and tell him, mm. tell him, tell him, we tell him, you got to employ real, real referees, full-time guys who know what they're doing. You know, this is, it was an embarrassment is what that, that guy should never be part of a game ever again, ever. He should be banned from every NFL stadium as a fan too, for the rest of his should life. Should we tell him the commissioner's name, how it's pronounced or no? Uh, no. Okay. Randy, are you ready for your stud stable? Yeah, let, let, let's go. Let's let's get it. Let's let let it fly. All right, here it is. This is a, a Vikings seven and one stud stable from Randy in Cottage Grove. Randy Vikes sixty nine on Twitter. Now, this is a, another stud stable. Uh, this is six in a row. If if you're scoring at home, and uh, and by the way, uh, several weeks ago I said this is this is going to be a, the multiple in a row, and, and old Randy was right. We just keep on rattling off W's. And this is a good one. This was one of those what, what you call like a signature win, you know, because they pull they pull it all together when they had to. They overcame adversity, and we we look great. We look we look like the tippy top, uh, in my opinion, of uh, of the NFC right yeah. now. So let's let's go ahead and let's go ahead and deliver out some studs. Let's do it. Let's rock. Number that. one stud. Number number one stud is a guy who. I don't know how you're going to keep him out of this stable the way he played and finally found a little bit of pay dirt. You know, I've been putting Zalarius in here left and right, and 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 he he could you could argue he should get a spot too for all the havoc he was causing. But finally, we're going to get his running mate a little bit of do, and that's Daniel Hunter. Daniel, you got you got Daniel. to the you got to you found the zone and you got to it and you buried the hatchet two times, two sacks. That's two sack shots we got off you. Thank you, Daniel. Daniel Hunter, you're a stud. Daniel, here's nice. another guy. Well, I don't know how you're gonna. Uh, I, he hadn't been in it much all year, and, and then and then I finally put him in it, and now he's gonna be in it again because he just made the throws when he had to. He got to do his his like that thing, and and then he'll be doing it some more. And he went back into it, a hostile environment, as they say, and uh, and came out, emerged with the victory, and now they're putting chains on him. They're taking his shirt off. You know, who knows what'll happen next? Maybe maybe he'll go full nude and be Kirko, big Kirko. With chains all over his body. Not Who sure we knows? need that. I mean, I guess if you're looking for <laughs> other places to hang chains, but I don't know that no, we no. need that. I don't know that we need that. No. He's leaning into it and he's having a good time. And Big Kirko, you are a super big stud. Big Kirko. I don't need full new Kirko. Hold on, Randy. I got a question. How much we've been trying to figure out how much in terms of like the value of the the bling that's around his neck. What do you think he's got around his neck in that in that video? Is it fifty thousand? Is it seventy five thousand? I, I was going to say six seven hundred bucks, but I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't have that kind of a, 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 a you know sort of jewelry, as they say. But uh, a lot, I'll just say this: kind of, it's above my pay grade. That's for sure. Do you think it come from a Cheerios box? Six six hundred bucks. He's, Christian Darius, I got ripped who, off. You know, <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's go. Let's Knock let off. all the fans pull together and get Big Kirko a, a, a big chain. Let's get him a big chain. Let's get him one that just says Kirko right across. And the O and is he, like a spinner. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he, need, and, and he needs to. Uh, the one thing I will say is a complaint. And this is derailing the stable, but that's all right. The the, the complaint is uh, he needs to cuss more still. He he he's not. He needs to yeah. get get animated and really let it fly. Yeah, that's, finally, that's like the final step to Kirk Cousins' evolution. I'm with Randy on this. in more F-bombs. Give me more F-bombs yeah. any day of the he week. Fourth quarter comebacks and F-bombs. The, he, he needs what they call the, the grills, like the, the gold 
tee yep. up front. Paul Wall. Yep. <laughs> Let's make that happen for and, sure. And finally, this is a guy who la- last week I gave him an honorary nod, sort of like an honorary degree. But I sort of said, you, you won't be surprised if old Randy puts you in the stable here soon. Well, it didn't take long. This is a guy, you, you want to call him the state, state of hockey? You guys have that this shirt that you don't make in a three-act, but if you did, I'd, I'd wear one in the state of hockey. And this is TJ Hawkinson. Mm. TJ, you, you come in here and you, and you just put the whole, the whole offense at a different level because now there's a weapon that can draw some of those double teams away that can make some space across the middle, that can free up some of those guys to fly loose. And you think J.J.'s yeah. good day had nothing to do with you? It had everything to do with you, T.J. You pulled in a lot of catches. You pulled in a lot of catches and some big, big moments, and there's more to come. That was with three days to try, three days to learn the playbook. I'm so snug over what's going to happen over the next few weeks with you, T.J., because you belong here. You belong in purple. You're a local guy almost. And you, this week, T.J. Hawkinson, are a super Super stud. Yes, let's get it. There he goes. Let's get you it. You held him to 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? <laughs> and he's gone. And poof, he's gone. What that was, was that? it. That was me. Phil kicked something. Oh, I, uh, well, I'll show you here. So, there's a, so mad about the wolves last night, you can't see straight. The lighting in here, it's like track lighting in, yeah. this, in the studio. Yeah, not good. And the light just shines straight down. First of all, it's hot. Like the light, I was. I, I had a headache yesterday. Yeah, it gets a little warm. <laughs> and then yeah, it also it also back. just provides <laughs> shadows all over yeah. for the YouTube. And I'm not tall enough to reach the track lighting. I didn't want to stand on the studio counter because you know if I slip and it was like 7:30 this it's morning. All over for you. I didn't want to be like in in a. We you know, find you. My head cracked open on the ground, and so I found this crate that was just sitting mm, in our wait studio. A wait a minute. Do you stand on the crate? I stood on the crate. <laughs> I think that's less stable than the table. No, if you sit, if you stand on the edges of the crate. Oh, okay. Don't, if you stand on the middle of the crate, it's yes, going to fall in like, like, like the Undertaker in yeah. Mankind. Yeah. Uh, but if you stand on the edges. But if you slip off the crate, you're you're not going to yeah, like, die. And then, yeah, if, like if you slip half. off this yeah. table, you're in big trouble because you're going down. And then the third option yeah. was me going on Judge's shoulders, and then I adjust it from there, I think, would probably be I'm the, impressed the that, next option. So if you stood, so when you stand on that crate, it gets you up? To the lights, huh? Yeah, oh, it gets I you close have... enough. These aren't—I don't think these are ten foot ceilings in here. So, no. like eight or nine oh, foot yeah, ceilings. So you can because the light is now on me a little bit, so I do appear red. I didn't put a light on. Like you, I though. might be drinking. No, I you're just... not red. I that that happens to me when I I I, I had to be. And I'm wor- not drinking. I had to be worried about that on Thursday when I did the proposal because I because um, a friend of mine sent a tequila shot to me from California. He called the bar. And he literally paid for a tequila shot for That's me, nice. which was very nice of him. But when I mix liquors, if I'm drinking tequila and then I'm drinking whiskey, for example, like I was pounding Manhattans, old Dex tweets gets the the blotchy and the and the and the rashy. I'm honestly having a very mild, very mild allergic reaction, but I'm still fine. But it, but it looks <laughs> and you're very willing to push daunting. it anyway. And I'm, yes, and I'm still the willing to push it. The left side of your face it. is blown up and puffy, yeah. but everything's fine. Dex, <laughs> yeah, it's the whole thing. Did you have a stroke? No. Nah, nope. Just just drinking. Drinking. Was there, by chance, a random bottle of uh, bubbly at your table? There was. Okay. Just want to make sure that that, that that got to your table from old Macadac. Was that from you? But they, they you didn't know? They I didn't, didn't know. They didn't say, they didn't say who it was from. I, I just, I'll be completely honest. <laughs> I sent you nothing. Don't worry I, about I it. I literally, <laughs> I walked in. When we walked in, everyone was already there. You walked in, and with 
before I even had my jacket off, before I even like greeted a sister or my my future mother in law, they handed me a glass of bubbly, and I just oh, I, get, I did see you holding it in a picture. Yeah, and I just assumed though, like that that they had bought that it. They just that the restaurant. So, I just want to make sure you guys had some bubbly to sell. He almost didn't get the credit. I wasn't. I didn't need the credit. But when you brought up that you had a friend from California like you need, send you a shot, I was like, "Well, you have another like you friend in Seattle." You, okay. you just said. You just basically said. You I need wasn't going to bring it up until you brought up the, my friend in California yeah. got me a shot, and you got a friend in Seattle that brought you. A just crystal clear, Dex. I got you nothing. I know, and honestly, I would prefer that. Yeah, I don't because, like. Yeah, because if you bought me, if you did like, I think there might be some surly at 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 there. So so if they would have got me one, I would have been more surprised. Wow, Judge really thoughtful. He actually bought nah, me a drink. To they would have said uh, there was a guy here earlier uh, that was game. sitting was. sitting alone at the bar yeah. with some dog hair on his jacket. He hates people. Here's yeah. a here's a third of a surly furious yeah. left in a pint glass. <laughs> he left. A, yeah, it. he just left a little bit of the uh, spittle at and the he, end. Enjoy it. And he left this video. He said, "Can you post it for him yeah. on social media?" Yeah, afternoon Judd video or something. Evening Judd. From Red sure. Cow, Red Rabbit. I'm going to tell you right now, one of the best restaurants in town. Let me get to the subject at hand. The Minnesota Timberwolves suck. Uh, I have a I have a Vikings thought here, or I guess uh, so, something to run by you in a second. But that stud stable from our friend Randy and Kajgo was presented by the best underwear. You're going to, I mean, we're talking high-level comfort here, folks. Chill Boys. It's a Minnesota-based company. You can find them online. What's one word to describe how Chill Boys are making you guys feel today? Um, comfortable. That's a good one. Very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And and I would like to say this though, just to elaborate a little bit, is it is as it gets cold out, long john weather, which yeah, I yep. used to fear because oh, no. I hated old school ones though, right? Because bunching bunch. up the yep. bunch up, the right? Bunch. Chill boys has ended that to the point where I will wear my long johns with shorts around the house like an NBA player and be mocked by my wife because the comfort. The comfort is so outstanding, and no bunching decks. Just missing a surly can, just shooting a surly can into, I do the, that. In, into the trash can. I do that. I'm criticizing the should, Chill Boys should make the one-arm sleeve, too, for Judd to wear around. I like the Allen Iverson uh, Chill yep. Boys be, I would. I'd wear that. That'd be awesome. Surly, I can see that. I, I would say at ease. I'm, I'm at ease. You know, it's election day, too, and we got a lot of things moving on. We got. I, I'm excited for a big dinner tonight, so I'm at ease with my Chill Boys. I'm going to use Randy's word and say snug. They make me feel snug. Chillboys.com, Minnesota-based company. Find them online. Uh, most comfortable underwear you're going to find. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Livia, helping people lose weight on at least this show and Purple Daily over the last year. We had a few people come up to us at the watch party on Sunday and said, yep. I'm down 30, I'm down 20. Yep, and and so it's not just me. It, it is our, our Purple Daily Family, we have had notes via emails, uh, as Phil said, at events, people uh, come up and tell us, I dropped 40 pounds, the best part is keeping that weight off, but we've had a ton of people who say, you know what, I'm not from in town, I do everything virtually, but it works out perfectly, and right now, if you join, you'll receive eight weeks for free, and with a new Flex program, it lets you enjoy the foods you love, so we're talking fruit, pasta, and even bread. It's getting cold outside, so the temptation, stay inside, on the couch, right? Uh-uh-uh, <laughs> that, that you can do, but drop those pounds by spring, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. That is your website to weight loss. Just uh, one thing for you guys here on the Vikings front. Ed Donatel was was definitely feeling the heat, I think. I don't think he was like on the hot seat, but the first few weeks, people were like, Ed Donachel, who's this guy coming in? So, again, we're, we're not going to mistake this Vikings defense for the 1985 Bears or the 2000 Ravens anytime soon. 
But last year, the Vikings defense gave up 25 points a game. They had the 24th ranked scoring defense in the NFL, 25 points a game. That number is down to 20 points a game this year. So almost a full touchdown, fewer points per game from last year. And they go from 24th up to 12th right now, just behind uh, the Titans, the Jets, and the Giants. And the four, So the 49ers defense is, <laughs> is ravenous. Uh, they're allowing 18.5 points per game. Vikings, 20 points per game. So I'll take the 49ers defense over the Vikings, but some, and the Vikings have not played many elite quarterbacks or anything. So there's, there's a grain of salt here a little bit, but big jump in terms of basically a touchdown per game jump compared to last year with this new defense. Now that Daniel Hunter's joining the party. Yep. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are, are, are this. Um, up until the Dolphins game, I was very, suspect and and I understand it was going to take some time but my concern was certain guys to me up until the Dolphins game looked old um that included Hicks who I didn't think at that point in time was playing great and Kendricks who was playing okay but certainly had more since the Dolphins game when it appears that there have definitely been tweaks to apply pressure which by the way we'd all talked about which, which is why are you not blitzing more or at least making sure that you get pressure uh, with that game in the one before the bye, I think it changed completely. And look, the bend, but the bend, but do not break thing doesn't bug me. Like that's sort of this league. So like you're you're not going to have these elite Vikings circa 2017 defenses consistently. Um, my problem with it was for the first four games or so, it was sort of bend, 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 and oh, okay, we didn't completely break. Now I feel like it's, yes, there are some yards to be had, but the other thing is it doesn't seem to me, and this is just Phil eye test-wise, it doesn't feel to me like there are as many op- as much open space over the middle for the passing game, and I really do think that the last two games, especially Kendricks and Hicks, have played really well. So it feels like guys are now being put in far more of a position to succeed, which, to your point, is a credit to Donatel, who I was, uh, I think it's very fair to say, suspect about through the first four games yeah. or so. There are, like, yards per play for and against, like net yards per play m- does matter in terms of projecting whether you're going to win games in the future or not. And like these Vegas sports books look a lot at how many yards per play do you gain versus give up. And if there's a big gap in there one way or the other, then it'll it'll likely, your wins and losses will sort of adjust. But so the Vikings are like, they're one of the 10 worst yards per play defenses. So that is something to keep an eye on. You don't just want to be giving up that many yards. But I'm much more interested in how they are situationally. Mm-hmm. Love the situational football. Complimentary football, too. Very important. Yes. And third down percentage this season. The Vikings defense, mm-hmm. eighth in the NFL. Eighth yep. in the NFL. They're holding opponents to a 34% third down conversion rate. So... Uh, now on the on the flip side, situationally, in terms of red zone percentage, so when a team gets into the red zone, how, what percentage of the time are they scoring a touchdown? The Vikings have the worst red zone conversion percentage defensively in the NFL. They are allowing touchdowns on seventy nine percent of trips into the red zone. Wow! Ugh. But somehow they have allowed the fewest number of red zone trips. Right. So it's. It's, it's there's some weird trends here with this. They just they don't allow teams in the red zone. Well, okay, that's great. But once teams getting close, they've had a hard time stopping them. So 
some things situationally, situational football. Football. To keep an eye on, I guess. I just like the fact that they are are obviously now applying more pressure. And the emergence of Hunter on Sunday with two sacks is huge. And if you look at the stats now, Zadarius and Hunter, uh, the combined pressure is outstanding. Yep, they are. We went over this yesterday, I think, on Purple Daily. They are, in terms of edge rushers, they have the most combined pressures of any edge rushing duo in the NFL, mm-hmm. ahead of the Patriots duo by one pressure. And and Zadarius leads the NFL among edge rushers in pressures this season. He is 100% back to his form from 2019-20 when he was among the best in the NFL. And then you take him off the Packers, put him on the Vikings. Right. No, that's part of the gap. You take Devonte Adams off the Packers, you add TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings. That's part of the gap mm-hmm. that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you add a team rallying around its quarterback and vice versa in Minnesota versus, versus weird vibes between Rodgers and receivers and stuff. And that's also part of. Why the you got to pile on the Packers like that? It's been a tough year for them. Hilarious. Come on, oh man, it's so tough. It's hilarious. So, all right, uh, that's your Mackie and Judd fix for today. Um, you can get some of this merchandise you've seen Judd and Declan wearing the last couple of days on on Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd on the YouTube channel. The Victory Mondays, the Purple Daily hoodies, the Before I Die hoodies, and T-shirts at scorenorth.com slash shop. That is scorenorth.com slash shop. We'll see you for a Write That Down Wednesday tomorrow.